Welcome, welcome to another edition of 720 and 720. We are very fortunate to have an unbelievable guest, uh, Alan Stein. Alan Stein uh, became a, a kind of a household name with uh, working out guys like KD and Steph and Anthony Davis and working with Kobe and uh, then it was a was a Damatha guy and then I, I was very fortunate to get to know Alan through Jay Billis uh, at the Billis camp. Alan, welcome. To 720 and 720. Always a pleasure to connect with you, Coach. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm excited, buddy. It's, uh, anytime I get a chance to, to chop it up with you, it's a good day for me. <laughs> well, uh, returning the favor to you because you did it a couple years ago with me on there. But here's what this is, Alan. This is uh, We want this to be informative and educational. And last time I checked, you were very informative and very educational. And you got a brand new book out calling raise your game so what i want you to do for 12 minutes is raise our game i want you to help us raise our game whether it be leaders players or coaches uh how are you going to help us raise our game well i'm hoping by getting folks to realize that the key to raising your game is is kind of twofold one is falling in love with the basics and never getting bored with the basics you know if you're a player uh, that means continuing to work on your shooting mechanics and your, your footwork and, and doing the little things that you probably learned very early in your career uh, because they make up the foundation of what you do as, as a player. Uh, and if you're a coach or any leader for that matter, it's the same thing. I mean, you've got to go back to look at what are the building blocks of influencing other people. And there are things like being a good active listener, you know, caring about the other person getting what it is that they want. You know, helping folks feel good about the role that they have on your team and getting them to star in their role. And, and the hard part about falling in love with the basics is we live in a society that, that often encourages us to chase what's new and what's sexy and what's shiny and skip over the basics. But that's the one thing I've learned about being around really high performers, whether it's you or Jay Billis or a guy like Kobe, is you have to stick to the basics and the fundamentals in order to grow to the, the best that you're capable of. Well, it's, it's, you know, I watched your deal with Kobe, and, and I was a coach, Alan, for 100 years and jumping to the ball. We did a three-on-three jump-to-the-ball drill every single day, and, and the kids would get bored with it, but we were the best jump-to-the-ball team defensively in the country. And it was boring and methodical, but it had to be done. So I'm the same. I'm the same, and that's that's what makes Kobe Kobe, and what makes you you is. But how do you prevent getting bored with the basics? I think you have to really dive deep in and reflect on your on your purpose and on your why and what is it you're trying to do. And if if your goal is to be the best player that you're capable of, which is what most kids raise their hand when you ask them, that's what they're trying to do. Um, then you have to realize that that's part of the process that we live in a very process, you know, if you want the outcome, which is what everyone gets so enamored with, then you have to fall in love with the process. And, you know, our mutual friend Jay Billis said something very early when I met him, and, and it stuck with me all these years. And I believe he said his father taught it to him, and that's if you want to make it to the top of any ladder, then you have to step on every rung. Like, you have to go rung by rung. You can't skip steps to get to the top of a ladder. And it's the same thing with the process. Uh, you have to realize that, yes, you know, doing these footwork drills for 30 minutes every day might not be the most entertaining, but they are required 
for you to be the best player you can be or uh, whatever it is for you to be the best coach or leader. And I think if you continually reflect on why you're doing it um, instead of what you're doing, uh, that can help you uh, embrace those basics and those fundamentals. Well, the the problem I see, Alan, is, is Jay's father taught him that, and my dad taught me different things. I was working at a box company when I was fourteen years old, and and your your parents taught you your stuff. Uh, the problem is nowadays things are so crazy. Uh, I, I think we're skipping those rungs, and and for somehow some way we got to get back and and touch every rung because it's it's a new day and, and kids are different and uh, I got to get my stuff on Twitter. I don't know how on earth you got any ideas, how on earth we can kind of become old fashioned again in that, in that regard. Well, we just have to have a, a respect for that process. You know, I say it in almost every talk I give, you know, the basics work. They always have, and they always will. That's never going to change. There's lots of things in this world that are changing every minute of every day, you know, including technology, but a commitment to the basics is always, always a solid investment. Whereas if you chase what's hot and what's flashy and what's sexy, eh, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, the other half of that analogy that, that Jay's father taught him was the only way to the top is rung by rung. But you can have one misstep and you fall all the way to the bottom. You could be three inches from the top and you make one boneheaded decision or one have one severe lapse in judgment and you will fall all the way to the bottom. You know, you can ruin your reputation, you can lose trust, you can diminish your relationship, all by making one mistake. So it's, it's that constant focus on the process and, and sticking to the basics. And the nice part is, you know, and you said it perfectly with that drill that you guys did, you probably didn't have to do that drill for three hours every day. If you're going to commit to doing it every day, maybe you do that drill for 10, 12 minutes. But the key is you're doing it consistently. So I'm not saying that a player needs to do foot, basic footwork for four hours every day. Do it for 15 minutes. Same thing with working on your offhand. If you would commit to working on your offhand for 15 minutes a day, within a couple of months, it will no longer be your offhand. I mean, it'll be just as good as your dominant hand. So to me, it's the, it's the consistency and taking pride in that and always going back to why you're doing it hey, can I commit 15 minutes to footwork because that is a requirement of being the best player that I want to be. And, of course, anything that's, that, you know, that's hold true for any leader, any manager, any director, any coach, it's still mastering the basics. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I'm smiling right here in Chattanooga listening to you as you're heading to Myrtle Beach because every coach and player needs to hear exactly what you just said. We did that three-on-three drill, jump into the ball. We did it for three minutes every day. Yes, that, that's all we did. It didn't take us an hour. Just you know, right? Uh, you know, I, I'm an old coach now, and I, I should watch your team play, and I, I should be able to see after after ten minutes of a game or a, of a practice, kind of what you believe in, and kind of what your team. I, I, I really believe that every team has to have an identity, and every coach Absolutely. has to have an. And if you don't have an identity, what, what are you doing? What, how are you playing? Are you trying to get the ball inside? Are you shooting a bunch of? Th- it doesn't matter what your identity is. You just have to have one. And if if you'll just believe in what you just said, if you'll just take fifteen minutes daily. I just talked to a college coach that said they're going back to work on fundamentals because their kids are not as good as they thought they were. They're going to go back and start working fundamentally every single day. Well, that's exactly what you're saying. 
Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? I mean, uh, of course, as we're recording this, we're kind of in the meat of the NFL season. And I literally heard this the other day. Uh, I, I won't throw any coach under the bus. This is an NFL head coach. The team is on a little bit of a losing skid. And at the post-game press conference, that is exactly what he said. He said, when we get back to practice on Monday, we're going back to the basics. And I almost started to laugh because, uh, you know, not, I'm not implying that I know more than an NFL coach because I don't. But I wanted to say, why did you ever leave the basics in the first place? Well, if your answer to solving your problem is going back to the basics, then why did you leave them? Why aren't you doing, as you just said, that specific drill for three minutes every single day that you blow the whistle? Why aren't you doing the things that you believe in those fundamentals every day? You know, one, one of the reasons that, that I, I really, um, you know, valued my time at, at both Montrose Christian working for Coach Stu Vetter and DeMatha working for Coach Mike Jones was every single practice and every single workout had a fundamentals or skill development component to it. Um, sometimes it was only 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes it was a little bit longer. But there was never, ever a practice or a workout that didn't involve working on some basic fundamental portion of the game. You know, again, whether they were basic offensive moves or some type of shooting form or some type of ball handling, um, there was that was always a component. So a guy like Coach Jones never has to say, you know, hey, we're losing, let's get back to the basics, because he never left them in the first place. Uh, that I, I was going to make, I was going to title this uh, podcast real quick, Raise Your Game. I think it's going to be back to the basics, because you make a good point here. Uh, but we all, I'm telling you, I coached for 24 years, we all end up leaving the basics, and we all sit there and go, we got to get back, guys, we got to get back to work. We got to get back to the basics. And then you go back and you have that practice and and you have a great practice and you get back to what you believe in you know well i'm gonna we're, we're gonna talk to bob ritchie at Furman later on this afternoon and um it's gonna be interesting they just beat villanova and loyola they just beat the national champions you know he was at billis's camp with us you know how can you stay grounded you know that's what we're going to talk to coach ritchie about how can you stay grounded and how can you stay back to the basics when your team thinks that you're going to be a, a Final Four team and you're at Furman University. And, and that's the whole key. If you can stay back to the basics like what you're saying, then you don't ever have to go back. You should never have – you should never miss that rung if you stay with the basics. Absolutely, without question. And the reason a guy like Coach Ritchie is able to be in a position to have big upsets like that is because he's been committed to the basics during all of the unseen hours. Before anyone knows who he is or who Furman is on a high level, he's been committed to that. You know, their ability to win those types of games is not an accident and it's not luck. It's from a commitment to the basics and doing what they need to do. And then, yeah, certainly sometimes you need the ball to bounce in the right direction, but that's, that's why, why we play the game. So his, a guy like that, I love to see it because now all of a sudden people are going to think, you know, that who is this overnight success? Who is this coach and who is this team that just upended the national champion? And it's like, no, he's been doing this for his entire career. And, and to his point, too, I mean, I'm a huge Jay Wright fan. Jay has been a mentor and a friend of mine for a long time. And I know that Jay has a commitment to the basics. So, yes, there are a little bit of a losing skid, and they're 2-2 two and two at the time of this recording, and, you know, that's, that's not great for a returning national champion. But he doesn't have to go back to the drawing board and throw everything out. 
They just need to continue to stay focused and keep doing what they've been doing because the same things that they were doing to win a national championship are the same things they need to do to, to kind of get out of this losing skid. There's no way Jay Wright goes back to practice and throws everything out you know, with the bathwater. They just need to continue doing what they're doing, and the, 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 the ship will right itself. They will spend another 10 minutes every single day on jump-stopping like they've done for the past – five years and that's what kind of has made them so good offensively they don't ever exactly. turn it over because they do those same drills every second all right let me ask you a couple things before we end give us some give us some of your chapters you said you had a couple words uh, that your different book raise your game and your different chapters give us some things that are important to you in that book well, the very first one, and this is important in every area of our life, so this certainly transcends whether you're a player, a coach, a leader, uh, a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, and it's the first chapter for a reason because it's the foundation to which everything else is built, and that's self-awareness. That is, that is knowing intuitively what you do well but what you don't do well, what you love, what you dislike, you know, what, 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 what are your fears, what are your insecurities, what are your dreams, what are your hopes? You know, um, as you know, as a coach, a player that takes a bad shot, that's not the worst thing in the world. That can be fixed. It's a player that takes a bad shot that doesn't know that it's a bad shot. That's the one you have to worry about because that they're going to continue that behavior because they don't know. And that comes from lack of awareness. They don't understand that the shot that they just took, given time and score and their range and the, you know, the, the flow of the game, they don't understand that that was a bad shot because they have low, in this case, shot awareness or game awareness. And that's what's deadly. If a player takes a bad shot and they look over to you at the sideline and say, my bad coach, you know, you can live with that. In the heat of the moment, you might be a little frustrated as a coach, but you can live with that because they made a mistake, but they own it. Well, it's the same thing, you know, as a leader, you have to know what things you do really, really, really well. And, and you have to stay in your strength zone uh, in order to lead most effectively. And then you also have to know what things you don't do well, because those are things you can potentially delegate. You know, uh, as a head coach, you know, it's important to have assistants on your team that help balance out maybe some of the things that you're not as good at, uh, because nobody's great at everything. And you take a coach that maybe is an incredible motivator and, and builds strong connections, um, then they might need to hire an assistant who is, uh, has surgical precision when it comes to the X's and O's. Or you might have a coach that maybe they're not great at X's and O's, but they're the best recruiter that you've ever met. And that's how you build a solid team. You build them like a, a jigsaw puzzle. You know, so I've got a coach that's a great motivator. I have a coach that's a great X's and O's guy. I have a coach that's a great, you know, uh, recruiter. And same thing with players. You know, if you have a player, if you have a team and you have five shooters, well, somebody's got to play defense. Somebody's got to rebound the ball. Somebody's got to be the facilitator. So the best teams are built by finding someone that has a real strong elite strength that blends well with everybody else. And, and that all comes down to self-awareness. You know, nothing is worse than the player that thinks they're a great three-point shooter and they're not. I mean, no one wants to coach that kid and no one wants to play with that kid. And it comes from self-awareness, being able to say, you know what, I'm not a great three-point shooter, but boy, I'm a great rebounder and I'm a great playmaker uh, and I set great screens. So that's where I can add the most value to my team and that's what I'm going to take pride in. And it all started with self-awareness. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. A coach sometimes needs to help that player learn and teach him his 
uh, his strengths and his weaknesses. Uh, probably the best way to do it is probably not in front of others to take that kid in and say, listen, you're, here's your stats, son. And, and you're not the greatest three point shooter. Let, let's, let's calm that down a little bit. And that's what's hard about these days is everybody thinks this is a different time, but it still can be the same time because coaches got to stay true to their values and, and do what we do. Give me one more before we cut this, Alan. And, and by the way, Alan, ne- ne- next year at the Academy, I-, I need you in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the next time we have the Academy. You coming? Are you, can you make that commitment right now? Absolutely, without question. I would love to. I'd be honored. I, I will figure out because let me just tell you, I could do this podcast with you for another 45 minutes, but we can't. So give me, give me, one, more, give me one more chapter you want to talk about. Instead of that, I just want to piggyback on what you just said, because I think you're 100% right uh, as far as people saying, you know, kids are changing. You know, going back to the basics, when you hold someone accountable or you discipline someone, that intuitively shows them that you care about them and that you love them. You know, Coach K has always said that, that confrontation is meeting the truth head on. And, and it's so important as coaches and players that we understand, you know, holding someone accountable is not something you do to them. It's something you do for them. If, if you go put your arm around a player and you give them the truth and, and you hold them accountable to a standard of excellence, you do that because you love them, you care about them, and you care about the team. And I understand that, you know, especially when they're working with young players, that in the moment that might frustrate them or they might think you're busting their chops or whatever. But in the long run, they'll know you did it out of love and you did it because you care about them. And, and to me, that's... That's what's most important. Discipline shows someone that you care. And caring is the glue for any team, whether it's player to player, coach to coach, coach to player, or player to coach. The person has to know you have their back and you care. And the reason that you're telling them that they're not a great three-point shooter is not because you don't like them. It's because you care about them and you want to do what's best for them and their future, but you also want to do what's best for the team and the program and what's best for the team's future. And in this instance, a player, this player jacking up a three-point shot is not in their best interest and it's not in the team's best interest. So let's meet that head on. And, you know, um, Frank Martin has always said, we talk about this term called tough love. And he said, I don't know why you have to put the word tough in front of it. It's just love. When you love somebody, you tell them the truth and you hold them to a standard of excellence. And, you know, I know that I know I was never an actual basketball coach. I never did the X's and O's. I was always a performance coach. Um, But I know this to be true for myself and with Coach Jones, who I've talked extensively about it. And you could probably say the same thing. You know, 10 years after you coach a kid, they never they never text you and talk about the big win or the time they scored 30 they text you and talk about the, the relationship and, and how thankful they are that you held them to a standard and how thankful they are that you discipline them so that they can be the best they could be because that's what actually impacted them 10 years later. And, and really as leaders and as coaches and as players, that's what we need to be focused on right now, caring enough about each other that we hold people accountable to a very, very, very high standard because that means you love them. Alan Stein, you're like your hardest teacher in school – was always your best teacher. Like Miss Bogart in the third grade. I still remember Miss Bogart in the third grade. She cracked my tail in and she was I didn't like her at the time, but looking back, she was my favorite teacher. She was my best teacher. Alan Stein, thank you so much. I know you you got kids in the back seat that you threaten their lives on on being quiet during this. 
Uh, have you a great trip to Myrtle Beach. Really appreciate your time. Always my pleasure, Coach.